I'm very excited for The Rich Eisen Show. I saw a playoff team. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. New England Patriots taking on the Atlanta Falcons. That is a third pick six for the Patriots. I saw a team that was once again opportunistic on defense with a pick six. Another theft for the Patriots. Take a knee. Today's guests, host of Peacock's Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio. WWE superstar, Roman Reigns. Super Bowl winning quarterback Drew Brees plus Bucks head coach Bruce Arians and now it's Rich Eisen. All right everybody welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen show 844-204-RICH number to dial sitting right here in Los Angeles California right here on NBC Sports on Peacock NBC Sports Audio Sirius XM Channel 85, Odyssey is how you can stream us coast to coast on any device that you wish you can also tune into this show on a Rich Eisen Show terrestrial radio affiliate near you, smart enough to have our show. For those of us who might be listening later on on our podcast and the Cumulus Podcast Network, we give you folks a shout-out listening to this all three hours whenever you darn please. YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show to catch up on anything that you may have missed. Chris Brockman, good to see you over there. Good to see Jason Feller in for hey. DJ Mikey D, who's out somewhere doing something. Good to see you. <laughs> TJ Jefferson, you're a happy guy because Roman Reigns is on the show and you're our you're our de facto and, uh, and in-house wrestling maven. That's right. And, uh, and it's, it's time a, that we acknowledge him. Yes, and it is a <laughs> he has trouble getting recognized, I'm sure. <laughs> um, it is a, uh, a, a big event coming up uh this weekend um on uh, peacock on uh, the home of the wwe live events uh it is time for the uh, big time uh meeting of the monday night raw roster against the uh best of the friday night smackdown and uh it is uh it is uh, the survivor series oh, yeah looking forward to that so we'll talk about that we've got drew Brees and bruce arians on in hour number three mike florio joining us in 18 minutes time to talk about you know, a lot of the news that's going on in the National Football League will hit a, a little bit of that right there. But I just want to take the time to tell you I told you so. Um, <laughs> I, I love telling you I told you so. Now, Chris Brockman did say that the Patriots are going to make the playoffs um, back in the summer. Uh, I mean, but you, I'm, you're just I'm, 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 guarding me calling no, 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 this Pat season. No, no, it's okay. Like, it's, no, it's okay. It's okay because <laughs> I'm, I'm the one who, uh, who had to come back from hosting the draft and tell you that it was okay that they drafted Mac Jones is going to all work out. And you had to believe that. Yeah, it took, it took you some time to finally get there. But you, you got there. You got there. I, oh, I, oh, I'm there. You got there. Oh, I'm there. Uh, Super I, Bowl I, party at my no, house. And, and you, and you, and you, did, and you did say that the Patriots are going to win the AFC East prior to the season. And I looked at you and I'm like, well, don't <laughs> – just uh, don't forget about the Buffalo Bills. And uh, you're like, yeah, we've got a bill ourselves. <laughs> uh, we've got our own bill. I don't think There's only that, one Rich. singular bill. No, but I think that's I what think he was saying. That's you know, too clever. Although oh, oh, so many Patriot honks, are there. do we trust Bill? He went out and got Nelson Aguilar to take the top of a defense. Oh, and he scored a touchdown last night. And, you know, but, you know he, hasn't, he hasn't done all of that yet. I get it. You know, but coming into the season, okay, two tight ends? You got to get two? Got to get John w. Smith and Hunter Henry. Is yeah, that what you got to do? Back. I mean, you know, what, what, what are we doing on this free agency tour? And then you re-sign Cam, and then you draft a quarterback. And even Patriot uh, uh, lovers, and I'm assuming that <laughs> the Boston media that loves to crap on their home teams, you know, uh, believes that they do love the New England Patriots. I, I get it. Uh, it's not my first rodeo being around that market. Um, and we're, we we are pleased to say. Um, when I came back from uh, SoFi Stadium on uh, 
the 1st of November, came on this show and said that's a Patriots team that's going to the playoffs. That's a, that's a playoff team that I saw in SoFi Stadium. Mm-hmm. And that was coming off of that boat race dub against the Jets. They followed that up. Then they make um, Sam Darnold see ghosts in Carolina and then do Cam the favor of getting him his old job back. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and then um, boat race the Cleveland Browns. And then uh, just absolutely spank the Atlanta Falcons last night. Mm. Absolutely take them over their 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 lap and spank them. Mm. And I will not stand for the well. They're the Falcons. Okay, that's a grown ass National Football League team that had just been embarrassed by the Dallas Cowboys, having lost by forty points, and they're at home. Whole country watching, and the Patriots just spanked them. And it was 13-0 at half, and it felt like it was 30 to nothing. And the New England Patriots, as I said, not only a playoff team, but anybody out there that looks at them and thinks again that this isn't a team that's a contender, not only for their division, but for deeper than that is just refusing to acknowledge the reality that the Patriots are back and you thought that Brady would leave and last year would be the new normal. And there's a new new normal. And it's the same old normal. Quarterback at the controls with full, complete, total control at the controls. Knowledge of the playbook, seemingly unflappable, he did throw a pick last night, Mac Jones did, reminding you he's still he's still a rookie quarterback, but he's 22 of 26 for 207 yards otherwise with a touchdown to Nelson Aguilar. And guess what the Patriots have? They've got a considerable running game. Add to Damian Harris bulldozing people. And by the way, you know, not a shock to see uh, two Alabama guys go into uh, the the stadium in Atlanta and start dominating. Right. They're kind of used to that. <laughs> and like Mac Jones and Damian Harris. Don't forget Christian Barmore. Right. And now let's get Ramondre Stevenson going. He had some juke moves last night. He's in a stiff arm. Okay. Man. That may be your starting running back in the in the Patriots. And that's not a slight against Damian Harris. No, not at that's all. That's just the way that Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels and the rest of that coaching staff views their running backs. You just plug one in, it's, you plug another one in. Tonight's game is play, you know, play sheet. It looks like Ramondre's running style might be better. Or let's go with Damian Harris to bludgeon you straight down uh, the pile. You got one guy who's like a blunt force instrument and another guy who's another blunt force instrument with some ridiculous hops. And then there's that defense. This is a championship defense. I'm not going to lie. That's what they. That's the way they look. And I know it. it you jump to conclusions. It is a week-to-week league. There's so much more to go. But that's a championship defense that changes from week to week depending on what your quarterback might be confused by the most. Whether it's a, torturing a rookie quarterback in Zach Wilson or reminding Baker Mayfield coming off of his huge win against the Baltimore Ravens that if he's shorthanded on the running back front and uh, he doesn't mind his P's and Q's, it's going to be a long day for him. 
And then there's Matt Ryan, who's used to losing to the Atlanta Falcons, uh, to the uh, New England Patriots. Unfortunately, that's seven in a row now. The Patriots have beaten the Falcons, including the playoffs, I must add. Seven in a row. And Ryan's been there and done that. He knows what's coming. We're trying to figure it out. And it was a beatdown. It was a beatdown. As the Patriots, for the fourth time in team history, four interceptions and four sacks in the shutout. Last time was Brady's last season, week two at Miami, 2019. And then they pick off Ryan twice, and the game's over. Let's bring in Josh Rosen. Uh, you know, <laughs> they pick six him. Yep. Van Noy picks six him. And then uh, Felipe Franks, they put him in, the rookie. For, let's, get him, uh, let's get him in some run. And then uh, Adrian Phillips picks him off. And, and the Patriots are probably looking, you know, at, the, at their sideline going, is Schaub over there? <laughs> yeah. Is Schaub over there? Can we get Chris Redman, Billy Joe Tolliver? Bobby Hebert. Let's get him off. Look, is there, you got anybody else over there? Now, they would have done it, but that would have been posturing towards their sideline. They would have been flagged. So, Paging Steve Bartkowski. They're killing it right now. Five-game win streak, on the five-game win streak. These are facts that I'm telling you. And the, 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 the sooner that everybody absorbs the facts and understands what's happening is no fluke, I think the better off everyone will be because it might soften the blow. <laughs> because in this five-game win streak, Jets, Chargers, Carolina, Cleveland, Atlanta. Yes, the next handful, Tennessee, two against Buffalo, and a visit to the Colts. It's going to be tougher in the next four games than the next, the previous five. I got it. But what do you do against inferior opponents? You not only win, you get better while winning, and you beat them up. These aren't any squeakers, folks. The only one was the Chargers, and that's only on the scoreboard. I was there. That thing was not close. Okay? Over the five-game win streak, the Patriots not only lead the league in points per game with 35, but points per game allowed at 10. Both stats over the last five games. And on top of oh, – here's a cherry on top. Uh, they lead in, uh, in turnover ratio, plus nine. Nobody better than that. Plus nine. They've got they've, – the defense in the last five games – has picked the ball off 12 times and given up only four touchdowns. After Baker Mayfield took a 7-0 lead two weeks ago, the Patriots' defense has given up a grand total of zero points, 19 straight possessions. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) That's ridiculous. And their seven wins matches the entire total from the year before. If you want just one last little fun fact which is fun for only Brockman and nobody else. <laughs> and the Patriots nation and nobody else. Then just keep them coming. The last time a team picked off the entire quarterback roster of the other team in one single game yeah. was in the year 2000. Speak it, Rich. Week 11. Can I guess? You, you, you won't guess, but go ahead. My, I'll, I'll give you the team that, 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 that had all three quarterbacks picked off in the game. Is this the San Diego Chargers against the Miami Dolphins, the Dolphins. In, in Week 11, 2020? The Dolphins picked off wow. every Charger quarterback that was active that day. They are my quarterback, Jim Harbaugh, our in-studio guest from this week, Ryan Leaf, and I don't know where Moses Moreno is, Moses but he got Moreno. picked off twice that day. Remember yeah. that name? That's the last time we saw that in a game. 
in the NFL 21 years ago. Patriots did it to the Falcons last night. The best part about that nugget is, uh, Rich, Tom Brady had yet to throw a single NFL pass. That's correct. Now he's thrown many of them. (laughs) And Mac Jones matches Dak and Big Ben as the only quarterbacks to win his first five career road starts. He's 5-0 on the road. Next one's a doozy, though. Next one's a doozy. The next road game's at the Buffalo Bills on a Monday night. In two, okay. in two weeks. And that, that's the next road game. Yeah. Their next game is home against Tennessee, but their next road game is at Buffalo on a Monday night. And Brady, by the way, it took him all the way to 2006 to win his first five road starts. Mac Jones is doing it, folks. We're seeing it. The run game is supporting it. The front is keeping him upright. He is confident. He is going into games like he came out of the green room on draft night, <laughs> like Vince McMahon. No chance. I'm sorry, folks. I know you go. You, people don't want to hear it. People don't want to hear it. But the Patriots are back. They're back, and they're going to make the playoffs. And who wants a piece of that? I would say nobody. Nobody wants a piece of it. Nobody wants a piece of it. And honestly, um, you'd probably say you want them on the road, but I just told you they've won their first five on the road. They're kind of used to packing their bags and bringing their game. But you want them on the road, and if you want them on the road uh, in the AFC playoffs, you better root for the Buffalo Bills over the next couple weeks because they're the only ones to prevent the Patriots from sitting there in Gillette and doing what we've already saw them do. Sheesh. <laughs> What am I not spitting right here other than facts and, and, and what I'm seeing and what we're all seeing? This is what we're seeing. And you could people sit back there and say whether it's the national Twitter folks, who have they beaten? Okay, you keep saying that. You keep saying that. And I'll keep saying this even if they lose in the next couple of weeks. I'll keep saying it. Because if it's not this year, it's coming. Winter is coming, folks, for the rest of this league. May not be this year. Or it could be. Nobody can sit here and say it won't happen. You can't sit here and say it won't happen. And then folks in, uh, in Boston thinking, uh, again, that I'm uh, a national talking head that's overrating the Patriots. Uh, since that comment passed my ear gate through my brother-in-law, after what I said for the Chargers, they've won three in a row, and they're kicking everybody's ass doing it and putting stuff on tape that people can see, and the Patriots just say, guess what? We'll do something else. We know what we're doing. We know how to dial it up depending on you. We know how to dial it up depending on you. And the one who can possibly get through all that as a breakthrough case, to use the phrase of the day, is their next coach <laughs> they're facing in Vrabel. I can't wait for that game next Sunday, man. That's next Sunday. But the, right now, the Patriots are sitting back watching everybody else have at it while they are killing it. Yeah, killing I would say it. don't let it happen. Don't, don't let the, don't Pats, let it happen. Don't let the don't. Pats win this year, man. Don't do it. No, I hear you. I hear you. And, and, and you would have every right to be as completely incorrigible as you possibly <laughs> yeah. can be. It, it'll be, you real, have every it'll be right, real bad. And every Patriot fan it'll would, be real bad. Unless, unless you sat here the minute that Mac Jones got drafted and said, why and what's Bill doing? Who cares? Wait, Guess wait, what? If Fields was the quarterback, they'd be doing the same thing. I don't, I don't know about that. Well, you can keep, I don't you can know keep about not that. knowing about it while no. you have Zach Wilson no, 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 and Mike I, White. I, excuse like, me. Yo, it's, it's just real. Hey. It's coaching, bro. Hey, Boston coaching, boy. I just bro. spent the last 15 minutes talking about exactly <laughs> Yo, what you're talking coaching, about. It's <laughs> coaching, bro. What happened last year then? 
What happened last year? If it was coaching, bro. They'll coach his ass off. They didn't have any players. And no one can you, play quarterback. So, uh, honestly, like, this is this is the Boston like, thing. Football? Do you like, see the on. Boston thing here? This is the Boston I, thing. I, I kind of get it. Because do <laughs> it's you... It's not the Boston thing. That's watching You really think so? Thing, would Zach man. Wilson be the quarterback of this team just like this? Do you think Trevor Lawrence would be too? I think all of those guys are extremely talented and can make the plays in the manner of which Josh McDaniels okay. is running this system. Hey, I, we're arguing literally about the same thing. I so think why, that, are we, why are we getting so aggressive? Because Mac Jones, <laughs> I just said that Mac because Jones I didn't want guy. a minivan at quarterback. Like, it's totally fine. Like, it's, it's totally fine. Okay. The minivan is going to win the Super Bowl, and everyone's going to look out. One of the things that we're going to talk <laughs> about with Mike Florio coming up, and obviously Bruce Arians slated to be in hour number three, is the story that came out of the Tampa Bay Times that uh, – I can't believe I say these things into a microphone professionally, but these are the facts that a chef that no longer is in the employ of filling up the, uh, the stomach of Antonio Brown – uh, is alleging that he was asked by Antonio Brown's people to get him a fake vaccination card. Now, as we all know, the Bucks were one of the first teams to announce that they were 100% vaccinated, fully vaccinated. And, you know, um, the, uh, the news breaks. The Bucks say, hey, nothing seemed out of the ordinary about his vaccination card is essentially what I'm paraphrasing what they said. Because according to the story, um, Tom Brady's uh, trainer, Alex Guerrero, was at the house and took a photograph of it, thinking that's a legitimate card, which it, by the way, could still be, right? And um, was no worse to wear, according to the chef. Words again (laughs) that I don't say into a microphone too often. But um, for anybody out there that thinks, what's the big deal? Here's the big deal. These are the rules of the National Football League. And, you know, also, what's the word for it? Society. And, um, and if he is, instead of taking the shot, acting as if that he did, and you could say what you say about Aaron Rodgers saying, I'm immunized or not, the Packers and the league knew what the deal was with him. If he actually did not take the shot and is walking around his facility amongst his teammates and coaching staff who have people, by the way, ages of 70 and up. I mean, cancer survivors. Tom Moore is over 80 years old. If he is walking around unvaccinated and around other players who have children, small children who are not eligible to be vaccinated at home, and we who are vaccinated believe that you, if you say you're vaccinated, will believe you because that's the way society kind of has to work. If he did that, he should be kicked out. But if he didn't do it, I don't know how we, other than just get, having him take a blood test to see what his antibodies are, and that yeah. won't even prove it either. Right. I don't know what the answer is here other than trusting him. <laughs> and he's a tough guy to trust. Uh, uh, you know, he's so good at football. I don't know how many times people have to look the other way. But, again, it's entirely – I want to say this. It's entirely possible he did look into this and got the shot anyway. And right. he's, his people say he is vaccinated. He is fully vaccinated. He is that he, And that the Bucks are a team that's 100% fully vaccinated. I have no idea how you can look into it, and I hope that I hope that Antonio Brown is telling the truth because there are rules, and he's breaking them if he's done this. And there's not just that; it's just 
You're around old folks. You're around people with small children at home. And you are more likely. If, I don't want to go into have small it. children. I was saying, yeah, he's I, got a lot of small I, children. I, I, I don't even want to. I don't even want to. Yeah. You want to get the benefit of, time, of the doubt, I, right? I'm like, I'm like I, it's kind of already stipulated here. So um, we'll talk about it with Florio. Um, and then, you know, there's the rest of week 11 going on. Dallas and Kansas City. And um, that's a big football game. I mean, buff of the uh, the Steelers are coming here to uh, SoFi. Steelers and Chargers is a big football game for oh, yeah. both teams trying to stay within hailing distance, if not take over first place, depending on the way everything else breaks in their own divisions. And there's a lot of people that have been missing practice this week or limited, and we'll see from Florio about all that and to talk about everything that we've discussed. Drew Brees in hour number three. Bruce Arians himself uh, is calling in the show. He's, again, one of our favorite guests of all time, and he's playing the Giants on Monday Night Football. And those games have been tough. Daniel Jones' first career start. You remember that one on the road? They, the beat, yeah. they beat the Bucs. The and then right? last year on Monday Night Football, that was supposed to be a boat race in MetLife, yeah. and, the, and, the, and, and it was a two-point conversion by the Giants that didn't connect, and that's the way the Bucs won. You know, mm-hmm. certainly with two losses in a row, Arians is going to be laser-focused, laser-locked on this, and needs this whole immunization card, vaccination card, however you want to call it, he needs that, like, the proverbial head hole. So I'm sure it'll be an interesting chat in hour number three with B.A. And then Roman Reigns of WWE and you at 844-204-RICH, number to dial. When we come back, Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, to make heads or tails about all of this right here on The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% 
on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, my friend from Pro Football Talk, he kicks off um, our day every single day here on NBC, so NBC Sports on Peacock with Pro Football Talk Live. Mike Florio back here in the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Mike? I'm doing great, Rich. How are you today? I'm fine. So um, the Tampa Bay Times story uh, about Antonio Brown's vaccination card, whether it's real, whether it's not, how, how can the league possibly investigate this? They say they're looking into it, but what's, what, is that, what would that even mean? Well, first I'll say this. If they had created odds at points bet of the players most likely to be accused of having a fake vaccination card, it would have been minus 250 for Antonio Brown, wouldn't it? I mean, isn't he just the one that you would think of first? There, and, and there are others who I won't name since they have yet to be accused of having a fake vaccination card. But Antonio would have been near the top, so he came through, go cash your ticket. And in, in all seriousness, the league has the power to resolve this pretty quickly, depending upon the quality of the documentation that the Buccaneers retained, the quality of the documentation that Antonio Brown retained, in Rick Stroud's excellent story, Alex Guerrero, of all people, is the one who was at Brown's house a couple of days before training camp opened and took a picture of Brown's vaccination card and delivered it to the team's head trainer. Now, the league doesn't get the vaccination cards. My understanding is the team isn't required to keep the vaccination cards. But, Rich, from the information on a vaccination card, it is very simple for an employer to verify the accuracy because it provides the name of the person who got the shot, where the shot was administered, the lot number of the vaccine, depending upon whether it's Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, and the date. And if any of that information is false, when you try to confirm the accuracy of what's on that vaccination card, it's all going to be exposed quickly. They're not going to have a record that that individual had a shot that day at that place from that lot number of that vaccine, period. And there have been enough rumors and rumblings of fake vaccination cards floating around that I think it's incumbent on some of these teams to maybe do it themselves. And now the league can do it. And now the question is, how far down the rabbit hole are they going to go? Are they going to check Antonio Browns, or are they going to do a more comprehensive audit of all teams, the Buccaneers and all other teams, and find out how many other fake vaccination cards have or haven't been used? That's really the question. They can go a long way here. How broadly do they brush or do they just focus on Antonio Brown? But they should be able to get to the bottom of this if they want to. Yeah, I, I guess so. I, I mean, just the league-wide, you know, uh, check of everybody's vaccination card. It's like, come on, you know. It, I, 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 I don't know what else to say other than the fact, like, um, what a damn shame that would have to be if they get to that point in time and what a, what a, what a monumental sort of, um, logistical problem that might actually look at, but maybe they throw it on the teams. I, I don't know, but what what would the what would the punishment be for this? Well, but sort I look at this way, Rich. Either you care or you don't care right. about people who are showing up and pretending to be vaccinated when they really aren't. I mean, that's the the worst violation of the protocols that you could imagine. They create two buckets: one for the people who are vaccinated, which are much more lenient and favorable, and then the protocols that apply to those who choose not to be vaccinated, if you are pretending both internally and externally, for Aaron Rodgers it was just externally, 
for someone with a fake vaccination card, it's externally, internally, for all purposes. If you're pretending to be vaccinated, and these cards, you, I mean, I could print one out. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine it would be that hard to create a forged vaccination card because a lot of the information is handwritten on these things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that they should have been more vigilant about it from the get-go, and now the question is how vigilant are they going to be after the fact. But it's a violation of the personal conduct policy if it's proven, and that's particularly bad news for Antonio Brown because he already – has a suspension on his fairly recent past eight games last year for a conduct policy violation arising from multiple off-season issues, he'd be treated as a repeat offender and he'd be subject to enhanced penalties. Now, I have no idea what the baseline penalty would be under the conduct policy because this is unprecedented, but whatever it is, it would likely be even greater for him because of his past issues. So he's looking at a problem here if the league is able to show that he did have a fake vaccination card. Mike Florio here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. Um, so the rest of Week 11, let's let's hit it right here. Uh, is Kyler Murray going to go? Do you think? What, what are you What are you hearing about on the injury front uh, with one of the star role players of a team that's uh, that's lost a couple out of their last three? Well, on Football Night in America, we explained that he was making progress, and if the progress continues, he'll play. One of the big factors here is that they have their bye after this Sunday's game against a very desperate Seahawks team. So, do you give him? that extra week and a lot of it depends upon just how comfortable the cardinals ultimately are putting him out there and you could say well you know if he gets banged up a little bit if he has a little aggravation he's got two weeks until his next game so i think that that given that there isn't a ton of margin for error if you are trying to win the division with the rams and they they got a little bit of a of a bonus on monday night when the rams lost you you don't want to extend one loss to two in a row going into your bye week and i suspect he's going to play and, uh, you know, maybe they'll be watching him closely. If there's any sign of any aggravation, then they'll get him out of the game. But I suspect he's going to play. What about this Sunday night, uh, football night in America with Big Ben? Do you think he's going to hop on a flight uh, in the next 24 hours and play 48 I, hours from now? I don't know of any player who has been able to come back faster than 10 days when vaccinated and testing positive for COVID. One of the inducements to get guys to choose to be vaccinated is, hey, if you're vaccinated and test positive, you get the comeback if you generate a negative test within or at a minimum of 24 hours apart. But it just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen within 10 days. It doesn't happen within five days. We've seen it with seven days, et cetera. It'll be eight days for Ben Roethlisberger. I'd be surprised if he ends up being able to play. But ultimately, it's not like any other injury that you can, right. you know, tape your ankle or whatever. You either test negative or you don't twice, at least 24 hours apart. And, yeah, the fact that it's in L.A., is another complication. If they were playing at home this weekend, he could, I guess, in theory, test negative, you know, mid-afternoon on Sunday and be good to go. Hmm. So um, that's Sunday night football. Um, And then the Cleveland Browns, they took Nick Chubb um, and Felton off of the COVID list today. So it looks like he's going, right, for Cleveland this weekend? Yeah, you know, the one thing to remember, though, and Chandler Jones went through this, he missed a game because he was positive for COVID, and then once he came back, he missed another game because he'd lost like 15 pounds mm. while fighting COVID. So when you plug a guy right back in, we had this question last week with Aaron Rodgers, you plug right. a guy right back in, is he going to be ready to go in 48 hours when he hasn't been around, when he hasn't been practicing, and when he possibly has had some negative effects of that positive COVID diagnosis? So it's wait and see, but you know he's back which is the biggest hurdle to clear if you want to get on the field, but it wouldn't be unprecedented if for some reason he's limited or just flat-out unable to go. 
I think uh, Mike of uh, Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk here uh, on the Rich Eisen show. I want to get this right. Um, I should have had it open. But your your uh, headline of your coverage of the um, the NFL, Walt Anderson sending out um, a video of what players can and cannot do to avoid being in the zone of making a referee call you for a taunt or a posture. It was perfect. Like, you know, uh, players not being able to contain themselves uh, emotionally, that the NFL is backing the play of players needing to contain themselves emotionally, their basic human emotions. Like, why is the NFL just going further and further to a point where even on Dan's show, uh, which is between yours and mine every day on Peacock, Sean Payton, who's on the competition committee, says they're overfishing, that that what's happening on the field isn't even remotely close to what they were talking about in the meetings. Why, why are they doing that? Well, I, I don't on. get it. Rich McKay, the chair of the competition committee, when they announced the latest point of emphasis on taunting, they did this in 2014, and they did it again this year. He made it clear that they want to get rid of the in-your-face jawing between players who then may have a vendetta that gets acted out upon later, either through a fight or through an effort to go take a shot at a guy, a legal shot, but a gratuitous, unnecessary shot at a guy during a play. They don't want to have a guy keeping score. You know, I'll get this guy. That, that's what they're trying to avoid. At some point, it morphed into this broader concern about posturing toward an entire sideline, and that was the Cassius Marsh thing. And see, when you're not wired or willing to admit a mistake and you double down, number one, you create a bunch of criticism. And frankly, I think the league liked the focus on the Cassius Marsh thing because it took away emphasis from the ridiculous low block call that took a touchdown off the board that same night. And I've been yeah. told that that's true, that they, they, they love that distraction because that was an indefensible call by Tony Correnti. But now you've got this posturing standard. And I've already got coaches sending me examples of similar conduct that isn't flagged. See, how are you going to call this consistently? That's the separate issue, whether we agree with the rule or not, and most people don't, at least especially how it's being applied in some cases. Now, if you're not applying it and enforcing it consistently, that's a problem, because then it all seems too subjective. It seems random. It seems like, you know, we just pull the flag out when we feel like it. And the NFL needs to be concerned about that, because you don't want to give people any plausible basis to think that the fix is in. And I firmly believe the fix is never in, but I also would prefer that people don't have a plausible argument that the fix could be in. I don't like that, and they need to be as vigilant as they can. If they're going to enforce this rule, they've got to enforce it all the time, and they've got to enforce it consistently, or it is going to create these situations where people are like, something fishy is going on here. So, what, but, but, but who's the one pushing it now? Now, like, I understand before it was you know, John Mara representing ownership and Rich McKay representing upper management and Tomlin and Peyton, whoever else is on that committee representing coaches. And there was a coaching committee that actually forwarded to the competition committee. I understand how it was born, but why are we seeing it now like this? Like who's sitting there saying, let's back Carrente. And I understand you say they're covering up for other calls and that's just in the here and now. I mean, that's just between weeks nine and ten, right? Just to get to get to, to game action in week ten to change a narrative or what have you. But why send out this 
this this this video from Walt Anderson to everybody, basically again putting it in the lap of the players. We're already telling a player that you know hit the proper strike zone during the game, even though the person that you're hitting changes his body position that might make you hit a part of the strike zone you weren't intending to hit. We're already laying that on the players. Why are we now saying don't put us in the position of making the stupid call of having somebody wordlessly posture at a sideline as a as a uh, as as a taunt? Why who's doing that? Well, I think it, the, you know, here's the reality. There's a combination of personalities and mindsets in the league office and the people who actually have the ear of the commissioner. And once you start down the path of defending bad calls whenever and however you can, minimal transparency, long gone are the days of the Dean Blandinos and the Mike Pereiras who could appear on NFL Network's Total Access and explain and admit when maybe – a referee went a little bit too far. You never get that now. You get, you get, if anything, and we've seen him each of the past two weeks, Perry Fuel, who works with the officiating function now, will do an 80-second video where he just says, here's the call, and here's why it was made, and here's why it was right, and you move on to the next one. There's no acknowledgement of mistake, and I think this thing that went out the, this past week with the memo and the video is a product of this effort to defend the current call back up this standard, and put it all on the players. This is it. Hey, you know, we don't want to have to do this. We don't want to have to turn this car around. You know, this is going to hurt us more than it hurts you. Any other cliche you want to throw in there, it's your fault if we do it. It's not our fault for being overly officious. Right. You're on notice of what you need to avoid. And, you know, the reality is you're going to see, you know, the coaches who understand the linear connection between 15 yards of field position and winning and losing games like Bill Belichick – making sure his guys understand it. You may not like it, but you got to understand it. And you got to control yourself just like you have to control yourself when it comes to holding or any other foul that could be called against a player. Same thing as just don't reach for the pylon. Some teams do it. And, uh, one, you know, some teams don't. And it's, I guess, the latest example of that because you don't want to run afoul of the rule book. I, I, just, I just don't like, again, it's like taking the targeting rule and applying it to celebrations. And um, that's when you're going to get, uh, as you've pointed out, some inconsistency in actually calling it. And I, I, I don't understand why they want to go in that direction. I don't understand. It, was, it would have been very simple as saying, we, we, of course, we don't want somebody wordlessly staring at a sideline um, on Monday Night Football with three minutes to go in a game costing anything like that. Of course, that's not what we want. We, just, we want everybody just to tone it down. Hey, what's so, what's wrong with that? Live the day after that game, how do we know that the guy's mom wasn't in the front row? And he was saying, you know, look, Ma, look at me, Ma, look what I did. I'm, you know, yeah, how, we, we, we are inferring right. meaning from someone's bodily motions. And it's one thing if you've got two guys who are right in each other's faces. Then you know it when you see it. I think that's what makes it a little more difficult. We're applying the Potter Stewart standard in situations where you're, you're, you're making some assumptions that may not be warranted, and how do you know for sure that that's what that guy was doing? And how is that going to set the stage for further issues? If the whole thing is we want to nip in the bud any possibility of either extracurricular stuff or permissible from snap to whistle hits that are born of this desire to get back at a guy. If that's the goal, why are you saying you can't posture an entire sideline? I mean, that, 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 so the, logically the whole thing continues to collapse, but they're not going to admit they were wrong. 
So they're going to, as we said, they're going to make sure the players know what the rule is and expect the coaches to coach it that way. And if you get flagged, it's your own fault. It's not our fault. Last thing for you. i got a couple minutes, but I've been curious to get your thoughts. What about Gruden's lawsuit? Where does that go? What do you think happens here? What's the goal to get discovery and get more emails out that people don't want to see? I mean, is it, what, what is the goal? Well, the, the argument's that? very simple. If the emails hadn't become public, he probably wouldn't have been fired by Mark Davis. Now, I don't know that Mark Davis was going to get on a witness stand and say if this had all been done privately and they had sent them to me, I wouldn't have fired him. I would have said, all oh, this happened before he came to work for me. I want to keep John Gruden as my coach. Once the emails are out, it becomes untenable. And his argument is a very strong statement, an allegation that the NFL denies, but the argument is you specifically targeted me, you tried to take me out, and you took me out by releasing these emails. So, you know, there will be some initial preliminary procedural issues. I think the NFL will try to find a way to argue that the entire dispute should be resolved in arbitration because that's the first thing that any major business tries to do when it's sued. It wants to get it out of the court system and get it into a much more discreet and much more favorable to business interests type of a setting. And then, you know, we'll fight that for six months, ten months, who knows how long. But, yeah, if this thing survives in court, you'll have people who are questioned under oath. You'll have documents that are produced. And certain things will be subject to a protective order, but certain other things will be attached as exhibits to documents that are filed. That's how we've gotten a glimpse of some of the things in the St. Louis relocation litigation. So this is going to hang around for a while. The NFL is going to fight it. But at some point, at some point, this is what they should have done after the St. Louis litigation ended up not making its way to arbitration at some point you got to recognize when the time is right to write a check because the damage that ultimately can be done is a lot worse than whatever amount you pay to make this thing go away and they need to be ready to do it at the right time with gruden or who knows what's ultimately going to come out mike thanks for the time appreciate it have a great uh weekend and a great thanksgiving and let's chat after that How all right that thanks rich right back at you that's mike florio right there on the rich eisen show Lots to digest. I thought about something during the middle of that completely football-related about the way that the schedule broke earlier this year and if the schedule is a different way, what it would look like. And it's already something I'm definitely going to ask Drew Brees later on, but I'm going to debut it for you when we come back right here to set the stage for hour number two. Roman Reigns, WWE superstar. Roman Reigns, hour two. Rich Eisen Show, superstar TJ Jefferson with his big-ass grab bag before that. That's how we're rolling today. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. 
What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. So here's something I was thinking about while talking to Florio. I forgot what might have actually jarred my, my, my thoughts on the subject matter. Um, but this might be something to ask Drew Brees later on. Week four is when the NFL scheduling group decided to place Tom Brady's visit to Gillette on the calendar. Week four of the 2021 season, the end of the first full month of the season. And as we know, the Patriots were one and three coming into that. Their only win was at the Jets. They had uh, a close loss at home against Miami, one that they had won, and Damian Harris put the ball on the ground. Ramondre Stevenson also fumbled in that game. And, you know, and then the game against the New Orleans Saints was just ugly. It was ugly, and they were still trying to figure out where the light switch is. And, again, it's – his career start number three for the rookie quarterback. But that's when Brady came in, and that's when you began to see, like, okay, this team has the makings of winning tight games and confusing even the best quarterbacks of all time who actually knows what the uh, Patriots might be cooking up for him. Yeah, defensively, and you could start to kind of see You could sort of see that, right? And Mac Jones holding his own. Yep. I mean, he – did get Nick Folk in position. It was just an odd choice of Belichick to not go for it on fourth right, down and, fourth kick, and short. kick it right there. Right. And the and rain Folk, and the wind. And by the way, Folk has had an amazing He's been a great. season. Well, I, I'm not even sure he's missed since He's then. been spectacular this year, and yeah. Belichick had the trust in him, and it was one of those where yeah, so close. I did it, hit the upright. Yeah. What if that game was week 14 instead of week four? I think the Pats might win. Uh Aha. What if that was the case? Now, don't forget that the Bucs might be in that trough right now. Like last year? Like, Well, last year it was a complete trough for like 12 weeks because they were still getting to know each other and Brady was still getting to know this and that. And, And Arians called the Bucks this week a dumb football team because of all the penalties that yeah. they've that they've racked up and so we're there again, right? Injuries we're, too, you know. Right. There's many reasons why the Bucks have lost their last two games. Right. And uh so I want you to sit there and really think about it. Like Brady coming into Gillette in a cold, wintry afternoon or even a night game. He put that on a Sunday nighter. They chose to put it on in week four. If the Patriots had that one again, now, would we see a different result? I proffer to say right now you're looking, well, one team's red hot at 5-0 and and right. the other team is kind of in a little bit of a trough. Are you trying you'd to say? Bet, you'd, bet, you'd bet the Patriots would be the one in the trough and that the, the Bucks would be the one kind of on a, on a win streak. Are you trying to say the league did one of these teams a favor by putting it early? <laughs> well, I mean, that's in hindsight. Patriots almost won the damn thing, and that might have actually been – something that did the Patriots a favor that Mac Jones and the rest of that team had the chance to go against the Bucs at home 
that early on, and they could have come out of that game thinking, we've, we've, got, we've got the stuff here. We've got the stuff here. We just got boat raced, which they kind of did, by the Saints. Right. And, okay, we held our own against the world champs and Tom Brady coming back here, and we damn, we put the scare in him. Mm-hmm. Now, the next week was kind of a hot mess in Houston, but after that, there was that overtime loss to Dallas, and they haven't lost since. So it could have done the Patriots a favor anyway, but I'm just kind of throwing it out there. Different result? Maybe so. Did it help the Patriots too? It may have. But man, oh man, oh man, I'd love to know who Drew Brees thinks would win that football game. That's the stuff that you put in front of the paparazzi, an analyst on Sunday Night Football, right? right. And by the way, he's calling Notre Dame, Georgia this Saturday. He's doing oh. Sunday Night Football on, you know, for Sunday Night Football, he's doing the, uh, the pregame in half. And then he's calling the Saints and Bills on Thanksgiving night. He'll be honored at halftime. So lots to talk about with Drew Brees coming up, but Roman Reigns coming up next hour. 